Today I want to just talk to you, give you a big infusion from the Word of God of the importance of being a person who lives in the Word of God. My goal today is to show you some things in the Scripture. You probably heard these Scriptures. Well, not probably, I'll guarantee you, because we go through them a lot here. God's Word is truth. God's Word is the final authority. God's Word is your link to Him. God's Word is literally God speaking to you. It's how you know Him. It's, it's the predominant way that you're going to know God. God's Word is not subject to change. The whole Bible, the Bible says it's inspired by God. That Greek word means it's God-breathed. Well, when he breathes something, there's a purpose in it. And I'll tell you, those promises that he breathed thousands of years ago by multiple authors, or you should say this, multiple writers, one author, God, that word is for us today. We need it. It's literally, the Bible says, his word is full of life and power. So we, we want to, as children of God, how you live out of your spirit is by being spiritually minded, paying attention to things of the spirit, which means I live with the word of God in my heart and always coming out of my mouth. So within the pages of the Bible... You will find God's will for your life. You'll find God's plan and purpose for your life. You'll find his wisdom, his presence. It's all right there within the pages of the Bible. So turn in your Bibles to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Amen. You ready to receive the word today? Yeah. Hallelujah, I know you are. 2 Timothy chapter 3. We're going to look at verse 16 and verse 17. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. It says, all scripture. Notice, it doesn't say part. It says all. So that really blows a hole in the whole theological discussion going on in many of our seminaries today about how that the part of the Bible is not relevant. Boy, if there's something that's relevant for today, it's God. God is not outdated, he's cutting edge. Always has been, always will be, right? So, all scripture is given by inspiration. In the Greek language, again, it means it's God-breathed. So, many writers, but one author. And it says, and is profitable for doctrine. So it profits us, because this word doctrine means instruction. The word of God, it profits us because it instructs us how to live in life, how to look at situations. We get to know who he is and, and what he's given us. But it's also profitable for reproof. This word in the Greek means it's profitable to us because it gives us proof or evidence of what truth is. See, your body might be telling you you're in trouble. The thing that's going on in your body cannot be stopped by any medicine or surgical procedure. This is going to be the result. You could go to a doctor, and many times they could even give you a timeline. This is where you are in your disease, and this is where you're going to end up. 
after five years, after 10 years. And you, you know, they could show you very much in the natural, but see, God's word will give you proof or evidence, not that that's wrong. Because medical science, thank God for doctors. Thank God for nurses and nurse practitioners and physician's assistants and, and people who research these diseases trying to find a cure. We're not saying that they're wrong. We're not saying that this disease that may be working in your body or whatever these symptoms are are not real. That's not what the Bible says. But the Bible will give you evidence and proof that there's a greater truth that Jesus, 2,000 years ago, bore that for you. And that there's a spiritual root to all sickness or disease. Oh, they can find a cure for cancer, but there will always be something else. Because sickness and disease showed up as a result of spiritual death. Right? So, so but here's the proof or evidence. The Word will give you proof and evidence that what's going on in your body as a child of God, has no legal right, and there is an answer for you. There's a way out, which builds hope where you could attach your faith to it and bring your healing to yourself because God's already provided it for you. It also, it's for correction. The Word of God profits us because it corrects our thinking, right? Have you ever beat yourself up because you think you're not smart enough, you're worthless, or this or that, and the Word of God will correct that. Or if you're, if you're going about, you're thinking you're doing okay, and then all of a sudden, you'll read the Word, and, and something will come up in you, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit will use the Word of God and show you there's some unforgiveness in your life that's hurting you and that you need to get rid of. It'll help correct you. And, and also, it will instruct you in righteousness. See, you have to be instructed in righteousness because you live your whole life walking by, I do this, I earn this, and then I get this. And then you come to Christ and you realize you can't earn anything. Righteousness is simply by faith. You have to believe it. So we need to be instructed in righteousness. You need to know when all hell is breaking loose in your house and in your life, you need to know that, wait a minute, it, the Bible will instruct me in righteousness and tell me, no, Tony, no weapon that's formed against you will prosper. Every tongue that might be rising up against you in judgment, you as a righteous, as the righteousness of God in Christ can condemn that. Right? It, it'll tell me that because I'm righteous, that I'm fixed and immovable, and I will be far from oppression. So it'll tell me, it'll instruct me how to keep free from oppression, from terror, from anxiety. It'll teach me how to be fixed and unmovable in life. It will teach me that my children will be taught of the Lord, even when they might not be doing the right thing or seem to even care about God. Right? And, and it'll teach me that great will be the peace of my children. That because I've been made the righteousness of God as a parent, we can stand and take authority and agree in prayer and see that affect our kids. Isn't that amazing? So it'll instruct you in righteousness. And then it says it does all of these things, verse 17, that the man of God, that's talking about man, is male and female, right? 
That's getting a little skewed now in society, but it's never been skewed with God, right? It's male and female. So that the man of God may be perfect. That means may be literally complete, but here's a big part of this word, and fresh. See, the word of God will bring freshness into your life. Do you ever notice? I mean, we, church, we've been coming here, it'll be 13 years in January. Has it ever not been good? Have you ever sat here and went, wow, this is really boring? <laughs> to do that, you can do that, but you got to really be in the wrong place. But, you know, if your heart's open to God at all, because everything about him is life and fresh. As long as we let him move, man, it's awesome, right? Now, I got to tell you, this whole thing about fresh and complete, this is important. Because I got to tell you, when, when a Christian gets fresh and complete, they become a real enemy to the powers of darkness because they're going to want to tell everybody on how good it is to be a child of God, right? And it says here, not only fresh and complete, but thoroughly furnished. That means thoroughly equipped unto all good works. The word of God will profit you in all these areas. It, it'll, it'll instruct you. It'll give you proof and evidence. It'll instruct you in righteousness. It'll correct you so that you are completely furnished to go do good works. What are good works? Good works is when you're working out what God's working in. Works that don't produce anything is when you're trying to work for something in your own strength. God wants you at peace and at rest. The definition of success is are you doing what God's called you to do? So give yourself a break. You put him first, you'll end up on top every time. Every time. So run over to Psalm chapter 19. I want you to look at this too. Psalm chapter 19 and verse 7. Hallelujah. Psalm 19.7 says this, and it'll be up on the screen. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. For a New Testament believer, this is all talking about the word. What is one of the benefits of the word? It will convert your soul. That sounds a lot like Romans 12 too, that our life is transformed by the renewing or the renovation of our mind. The word is the only thing that will change your soulish realm. You can go to counseling all day long. And if you have some things where you're fighting depression or anxiety or some emotional problems and issues, they can give you medication, that, but all that will do is cover things or help you cope with some things, but there's nothing that any psychiatrist or counselor or psychologist, they can, they can dissect everything, maybe give you some nice things to help you a little bit, but they can't pull out the problem so that it no longer is a problem, Right? And, but only the word of God can. It can bring salvation to your soulish realm. I love that. It converts the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure. In other words, the word of God is sure. What does that mean? It'll make wise the simple, so it'll bring wisdom into your life. 
Wisdom, what is that? Wisdom, it's not natural wisdom. It's wisdom that comes from God. It comes out of his word. It enables you to apply the word of God to your life so that you can walk in victory in every area of your life. The wisdom of God. What else does it do? The statutes, verse 8, of the Lord are right. And they cause your heart to rejoice. The word of God will cause you to rejoice. If you're not rejoicing, you might be reading the word, you might be listening to it, but you're not hearing it. Because when you hear it, you'll rejoice. Always. The commandments of the Lord are pure. What what does that do? Another thing the word will do is it brings enlightenment to your eyes. It brings revelation, knowledge to your eyes so that you see life. You see your situation as it really is, not as it seems. Now, if you are in a position where you sit here, and if you, you could try to tell people this, that have chosen not to accept Christ, and they'll think all that is foolishness. Because the Bible says that the word is foolishness to those that are perishing. But oh, if you'll embrace it, you'll see it and it'll change you forever. So some benefits of the word. If you jump back to Hebrews chapter 4, in verse 12, it talks about the word. Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God is quick. That means it's full of life, it's full of God's life, and it's powerful. This word, and it says, and powerful, that word powerful means it's active and it's effective. So the word of God is filled with his life and power, but it does, it's not just like a shotgun that just shotguns stuff in your life. It's active and it's effective. It will go right to the core of what the problem really is, because many times we don't know what the problem is, right? And it'll work it out from there. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces even to the dividing of soul and spirit. The word of God will show you what is you or what is God's leading. It divides soul and spirit. The word of God in your heart will be a filter where you'll go, yep, that's the enemy trying to to take me out. Yeah, that's a counterfeit. Oh, yep, that's, that's just me. But oh, this is God. And see, here's the key. This is, how it, this is how that happens. As you delight in the law of the Lord, if you delight, New Testament believer, this is Psalm 37, 4. If you delight in the word of God, what happens now, he's able to give you the desires of your heart. So what'll happen? You might have the enemy's lies going on. You might have your own ideas and your own plans going on. But as you put God first, and as you delight in him, What happens is the will of God will literally separate from everything else. It'll eclipse it. And all of a sudden, you might think, man, this is what I was supposed to do. But as you delight in the Lord, as you do this, you'll just see the word, the will of God will start coming up. And God will give you the desires of your heart. That's part of his plan and purpose for your life. So that you know that you know that you know you're in the will of God. It's not your your job to figure this out. You discover it. It's so important that we know that. It divides soul and spirit and of joints and marrow 
and is a discerner. So the word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now this is a big statement. It's a discerner. It will cause you to see the thoughts and intents of your heart. Because the word is pure. In God there's no, there's no secrecy, there's no gray areas. He brings clarity in your life. So, you know, you'll hear things like in religion where people will say, well, you know, you just never know what God's going to do. What you'll never hear with that statement is a scripture reference. Or I should say this, you could hear a scripture reference, but it won't be accurate. Usually they're one verse away from really knowing the truth, right? God's ways are higher than our ways. So therefore, you just never know what God's going to do. Well, read one more, one more verse says, but he reveals all of it by his spirit. It's hilarious. His name's Jehovah, which means the self-existent one that always reveals himself. God wants you to know. As a matter of fact, he tells you that you set that bar. How much of him you want to know? He's wide open. Wide. Isn't that good news? Let's go over to Psalm 119. Psalm 119 verse 9 says this. Psalm 119 verse 9 says, Wherewithal, which that's a King James version of saying how, how shall a young man cleanse his way? How are you going to cleanse your way? In other words, I've got some things going on in my life that are not right, right? Now, my spirit as a child of God can't sin. It's perfect. But my, my, the sin nature in my flesh will war against my mind. And if I'm not renewing my mind, my mind will side with my flesh. And I could do a sinful or unrighteous behavior, which can still bring death into my life. It doesn't please my father. It affects my fellowship with my father because he, can't, he, he won't fellowship with sin. And sin only produces death. So we want to get all this out of our life. See, as you live out of your spirit, as you live out of the righteousness that you've been made, holiness flows out of righteousness. This is why we never judge anybody. Right? Why would I ever judge anybody? If they're doing something that's wrong, it's not who they are. They're just living out of their flesh. So if I do anything for them, I'm going to pray for them. Because I know in my own life, man, when I had this little secret sin thing here and this thing was eating my lunch and I couldn't seem to overcome it, how many of you have, don't raise your hand, how many of you have ever overcome sin in your life? Isn't it wonderful? It, and you realize, oh my gosh, that was the easiest thing in the world. I didn't really do it. It just, God just did that. See, this is the lie. I just need to change. You can't change yourself. You just let God change you. What is your part? Oh, you just be willing and obedient. Now, your flesh won't like that, right? Your flesh is not going to want to get in the Word. We, we love, if you, here's a little litmus test. Have you ever noticed this? It's a lot easier to read books about God than to read the Bible. 
Here's a big one. Okay, you guys aren't really, that, that's like, yeah, whatever. I can tell. Okay, but here's a, here's a big one. Okay, so it's really easy to talk about God. But it's a lot harder to spend time talking to him. You ever notice that? Get together, you can talk about God for an hour. Then you're in prayer. And after you run out of those things that you need, you're just kind of like, wow, I've been here for hours. And you look down and you're like, ooh, three minutes. <laughs> That's just your flesh. So see, we, we, can, we can learn how to live out of our spirit. How's a young man going to cleanse his way? Look at the Bible tells you, by taking heed thereto according to thy word. In other words, when I take heed to the word of God, it will allow me to cleanse my way. Why? Because the word does all the work. If there's one thing you're going to see in every scripture, you're going to see that we don't do the work. The word does it. The word does all the work. Jesus is the word. He came down. He redeemed you. He did everything. And now his word will do all the work in your life. Everything good that you may see in my life is a result of the word of God. Everything. There's not one thing about my life that's good that I, that I could take credit for. It's going to be the same with you. The word is what does the work. Yours and my job is to just be willing and obedient and to rest. The fight of faith is to stay at rest. It says here, verse 10, with my whole heart, notice this, how do I take heed according to the word of God so that I cleanse my way? Step number one, with my whole heart have I sought thee. That's a key, not part of my heart. See, this is what defaults so many people because we have our life and we're trying to put God into a part of our life and that's not how you were created. You were created to where he's first. Where in your life, everything flows out of your relationship with God. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wonder from thy commandments. Look at this. Thy word have I hid in my heart. See, if you hide the word of God in your heart, it says here that I might not sin against thee. That's how you walk free. Notice, again, it's the word that causes you to walk free from sin. You could say this, that planting God's word in your heart is the most important thing you'll ever do in your life. Most important. God's word feeds your spirit man, your inner man. 1 Peter 2.2 says this. It says, as newborn babies... Desire, that means, this word desire means intensely crave the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. The milk of the word, one of the first things listed in the milk of the word is repentance from dead works. The milk of the word will teach you to stop trying to live up and do good works so that God will do something from you for you. It'll teach you that, listen, God's already given you everything. It's a matter of you walking with him 
and his word doing the work. You're already accepted in the beloved. Do you know that? If you're living in a wrong place today and you decide to make a change and go, you know what, I don't want to live this way anymore. One thing you'll never hear from God, he'll never get down on you for the mess. He'll just be like, great, let's go. Come on, I've got a life for you. Right? If anybody's coming and accusing you, who is the accuser? Satan. Not God. Not God. It says, with my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wonder from thy commandments. Thy word have I hidden my heart that I might not sin against you. 1 Peter 2.2, as a newborn baby, desire the sincere milk of the word that you might grow thereby. Another part of the milk of the word is faith in God. So a lot of this teaching that we teach about how to walk by faith, how to live by faith, that's milk that'll help you grow. What's really cool with it, though, is, is that teaching, as you walk with God and you literally, literally are a doer of the word, you, you literally will grow to where these same teachings can become meat. Because now you've exercised yourself to where you can discern good from evil and God will take you deeper into the word so that you see more revelation, so that you can walk in maturity. See, God wants you to get away from the needs. He wants to walk you to where now you're never thinking about your needs anymore. The only needs you ever think about where God wants to take you are the needs of others. And so now he's got you out of this need mentality, and now he's walking, he's walking you into purpose, destiny, He's walking you on into your desires to where now you're, you're taking no thought for your life, what you'll eat, what you'll drink, how, what you're going to clothe yourself with, right? You, you're not, and, and by take no thought, this word thought literally means an anxious thought or worry. So all you women, calm down. We're not saying that as you grow spiritually, you won't have any desire to go shopping anymore. No, no, you will, but it'll be right. You'll be right. You won't worry about it. Right? You won't stress about, am I going to wear this or that? This is why, you know, I'm real easy. If I find a shirt I like, my wife laughs at me. I just buy the shirt in four different colors. You know, she's like, that's so boring. No, consistent. It's consistent, right? It says here, the, or it says that if I desire the sincere milk of the word, I'll grow. In other words, it's not just listening I got to desire God. I got to seek Him. A lot of people, they get online and go, oh, yeah, pastor's teaching on that. I don't need to come to church today. Oh, gosh. You're at the top of the list of people that need to be in church. You prideful and blind person. Right? And I know that I could see that a mile away. It's hilarious. You know how I could see that? I remember I was down at Rama. I'm a Rama student. And here it is, man, we're at Winter Bible Seminar, and in the mornings, Brother Hagen would teach on the seven steps to answered prayer. He's probably been doing that since Adam and Eve were in the garden. You know, I mean, and if you've ever, if you've ever heard him preach, if you've read his book, he goes right down there. When I was in class in Faith Library, I'd lean over to Tiffany Fulmer. She'd sit next to me because my last name is Finley. Her name is Fulmer, so we'd sit next to each other. And, and Brother Hagen would be teaching, and I'd lean over to her and go, he's about to tell this story about this. She'd be like, shh. 
And then pretty soon, two minutes later, Brother Hagin starts telling the same story. Why? Because I've read the book 10 times, right? So here I am, I'm sitting, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, you know, we're in financial trouble. Uh, I need to go make money. You know, Jeanette's either pregnant or having babies. We had both of our kids down there. And I don't have time. I mean, I already got notes on this. I already know this stuff. Now, I have lack in my life, which means I'm not having prayers answered. And one day I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden it was like the light, the Lord shined lights on people in the congregation. Because when Brother Hagin would teach like you're looking at me, on the stage at Rama there'd be, there'd be like bleacher or all these chairs. And all of a sudden, this light shines on Kenneth and Gloria Copeland. And here they are. They're looking at the back of him, and they're taking notes on seven steps to answer, answer prayer. Joel Osteen's mom and dad, John. John Osteen, he'd be sitting back there taking notes. I mean, Billy Brim. I mean, the who's who of everybody it, that I really look up to, they're madly taking notes, and I'm sitting there going, I know this. I'm so glad that the word of God makes wise the simple. You know what that word simple means? Stupid. Right? Have you ever been stupid? I know you have. I, I've written books on it. I went to the concert, right? Bought the t-shirt, walking around thinking I'm all that. I'm stupid. But we don't have to stay there. Thank God. Amen. Hallelujah. Moving on. God's word will show you all of the riches that Jesus has provided for you. But you got to understand this. Studying God's word is not an intellectual exercise. It's not like going to school. You don't, because see, you don't learn the word. You don't learn it. You discern it. God's word, you have to see it. And see, I can't see it unless the Holy Spirit opens it up and shows it to me. So you don't learn it, you discern it. That's why the word of God is a discerner. This is why faith comes by hearing the word. It says the word of God, but in reality, in the original manuscripts, it says faith comes by hearing the word of Christ, the anointed one. In other words, faith comes when you hear the anointed word. So you want to sit in places where there's an anointing. You don't want to listen to somebody if there's no anointing, Right? So you want to put yourself in the right environment. How do you do that? You just be led by the Spirit of God. God's word is not understood with the intellect. God's word is literally grasped with your spirit, man. Okay, this is very important that you know this. Because if you'll notice, start reading your Bible. I, want, I hope this is going to challenge you to make a whole new level commitment. Listen, you can know his word. But here's the thing. You start reading the Bible, for that first 30 days, your, your flesh will dread it, try to keep you away from it. By the end of the 30 days, that second 30 days, you literally, you, and, and, and the whole 30 days you're going to be going, I have no idea what this is talking about, right? And, and, and you'll just be like, okay, I feel like this. But, but in reality, see, the word is down in your heart and the, and the Holy Spirit's starting to, he's just teaching you. You just can't perceive it with your senses. But that second month, you'll notice 
that although you'll say to yourself, you know, I don't really understand anything I'm reading, but I, I kind of feel good and I, and I really, I'm kind of looking forward to reading, you know, my chapter a day or whatever you want to do, right? But oh, by that third month, all of a sudden, you'll think God is talking to you with every billboard, bumper stickers. Uh, I mean, you know, at night when you're sleeping and, and all of a sudden you'll have these aha moments. You'll be like, you'll just be minding your own business at work and all of a sudden a scripture will come up and you'll just be like, wow, that's so good. By the end of that third month, you'll never get out of the word again. And here's the cool thing, and this is why I'm saying this. Well, that's not really, I'm just being funny. One of the reasons, what's really cool is it makes me a better pastor for you. I will get better before your very eyes. It's really cool. I'll get better looking. I mean, just every word. It's just like, man, our pastor is just awesome. Well, it's the word. It's the word of God that's changing you. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, I, I've learned how to draw. There's really very, there, there's, a, there's probably, if I ever find myself in an environment I could receive from God in it because I am so hungry because I know he's good. But, I, you know, I, I tend to put myself around places where it's, 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 it's easy to receive. And the Lord will help you there too. God's word is not sharing a doctrine about Jesus. It is literally sharing Jesus. The word of God is Jesus. He is, the, he is the living word of God, right? The rhema, Greek word rhema, word of God, is the spoken word. The written word of God, the ink on a page, it's called the logos. It's the written word, but it's him. So how you get to know him is through his word. It's easier, it's so much easier to walk through life in the word of God. I want to encourage you. If, if you're witnessing to people, there, there is a multitude of people that I witness to on a regular basis. Some, they're Christians, but they're not in church. Some think they're Christians, and they're not yet. Some are just want nothing to do with God. But all I ever want to do, I'll invite them to church, but really... Once you invite somebody to church and they don't come one time, you know, the next time you see them, they'll kind of feel guilty. They'll say, things, oh, you know, I'm sorry, I haven't made it yet. And I always tell them, man, get that out of your vocabulary. We're there every week, whatever. But this is what I would encourage you to do. Read your Bible. Just read, just get in the Word. Why? Because I know the Word of God is what does everything. Right? And if a person will start reading the Bible, it'll start changing their life. All of a sudden, they'll start forgiving people that they never dreamed they would ever forgive. Pretty soon, they'll start seeing things. God will start talking to them. And if they're not born again, you know what God will talk to them about? Just one thing. I love you, and I've got a plan for your life, and you need Jesus. You, so take the pressure off yourself. Take the pressure off yourself. The Word does it. The Bible is our operator's manual. The Bible is your well, and you draw out the water of life. This is the well right here. And waters filled with the Zoe life of God. I could just draw them out as much as I want. Is there an area of your life that you want to change? The word of God will go 
and will change it for you. It does all the work. Reading God's word. See, we're talking about reading. But see, I don't, when I'm reading now, see, there's a difference between reading his word and feeding on his word. So now, even when I'm reading it, I'm feeding on it. So how will you move from just a reader of the Bible to a feeder of the Bible? You just, it, it just, it's the attitude of your heart. See, if you look at the different soils in the parable of the sower, wayside ground, stony ground, thorny ground, none of those people took the word of God personally. But good ground, they took it personally. This is for me. Woman with the issue of blood. She heard of Jesus and she took it personally. Not only is he the Messiah with healing in his wings, he's the Messiah that when I touch the hem of his prayer shawl, that little tassel that comes off, there is healing power that's going to make me whole. It becomes very personal. Know this, that God's word is one-on-one -on -one with you. He'll speak to you about your life through his word. Feeding on God's word then applying it to your life puts you on your way to being able to lay hold and receive all the blessings that he's provided for you in Christ. Never forget this, the word of God, this is Jesus. John 1.1, right? In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. You cannot separate God from his word. Verse 14, and the word became flesh, and he dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father. Notice, we beheld it, right? Full of grace, full of truth. Jesus, see, this is not a religion, guys. This is a relationship where when you find who he is, you find out who you are. It's wonderful. We are not to allow our situation to interpret the word of God. But rather, we let the word of God interpret our situation. That is so important that you get that. Don't ever let your situation interpret the word of God for you. To where you think, well, you know... Uh, this healing thing isn't for me. This prosperity, because I know of situations. You know, I believed God for three whole minutes one time, and God didn't pay off that $10,000 debt, right? So I know that that's a bunch of nonsense. No, no. Let Feed on the Word of God, and let the Word of God define your situation. It'll bring joy in your life. It'll bring purpose in your life. You'll start to see how incredibly special you are. One of a kind. It's wonderful. Knowing God's word is the same as knowing God's will. God's will is his word, right? God's word in our spirit will work in us and be our source of spiritual development. As I put the word of God in my heart, it is my source of spiritual development. It is what grows me up spiritually, the only thing that grows me up spiritually. I love this scripture in Matthew 24, 35. It says, heaven and earth 
will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Wow. I love Jeremiah 15, 16. You could throw it up on the screen. Jeremiah 15, 16 says this. Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And your word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. There are so many wonderful principles in this verse. Notice this is a first person. He's looking for the word, and when he found it, he ate it. See, people that just are kind of sitting back, they kind of, you know, God's kind of a peripheral issue. Yeah, God, I want you to bless me, but I really don't want to spend any time with you, and I really don't really want you. I just want your blessing. You can't lay hold that way. Not that God won't give it to you. He's already given it. You just can't lay hold of it. But when you look for it and search for God with all of your heart and you find him, you'll eat the word. You'll taste and see that he's good. And then the word will be unto you, what? The joy and rejoicing of my heart. A byproduct of literally feeding on God's word is your heart will be bursting forth. It will rejoice and be filled with joy. If you're not rejoicing and full of joy today, I just gave you your answer. And here's the thing. You could go to the coolest action movies. You could go to the best concerts. You could go to the best places on earth and have great times. And when they're over, they're over. But with God... It's never over. It's just, it, it becomes the joy and rejoicing of my heart. And when I'm leaving this secret place and I'm walking throughout my day, really in the secret place, all of a sudden all hell breaks out and it doesn't affect my, the joy and rejoicing of my heart. See, God wants you to experience life. God wants you never moved by your circumstances. And then look at this. So you find God's word, and it's the joy and rejoicing of your heart. Why? Because you're eating them now. You're meditating on them. And look at what. Why does your heart rejoice? Because you'll get a revelation that you are called by his name. You're his. You're one with him. And you'll realize that because you'll realize he's one with you. That he's yours. That all of God is yours. He's given himself to you. That's why your heart rejoices. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, in verse 15, it says it this way. 2 Timothy 2.15. It says, study to show yourself approved of God, a workman that needs not... Be ashamed. Study to show yourself approved. So here it is. But notice, don't let the word study trip you up because when you think study, you start thinking learning. No, no, no. You don't learn the word. You discern the word. Right? Have you ever met somebody that's learned the word? You can go to Bible school and seminary and learn the word. And there's no life in it. 
And sometimes you look at this educated individual who's been educated way beyond their intellect, right? And, and it's like you're like going, how can you know so many scriptures to quote them, but you don't know anything about them? Jesus said it this way to the Pharisees. These were guys and the doctors of the law. Literally, think about this. They spent their whole life. They, they could quote Starting in Genesis 1-1 all the way through Malachi, they can quote the whole Old Testament. And Jesus is like, you've studied the scriptures your whole life, and they're all about me, and I'm standing right before you, and you're not seeing this? Right? God wants you to study. He wants you to discern. Show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. What does it mean to rightly divide the word? It means to understand or present the word rightly. It literally means making a straight path of understanding for others to follow. I rightly divide the word of God so that others can understand it. It's literally when I gain revelation of the word of God, do you ever notice You know, you're probably not going to sit in a service and hear something so complicated that you're going to walk away and go, wow, Pastor Tony is really, he must be intellectually just just phenomenal. No, you walk away going, wow, that's simple. Why? Because revelation is like that. When you know something, now, when understanding comes to me, it makes a straight path for me so that when I... And ministering to others, whether one-on-one, whether, whether in a congregational setting, however it is, it's, it's a straight path for others to follow. Have you noticed today, this phrase keeps coming up. The Word does all the work. It's all the Word. The Word's Jesus. There's some principles. Well, I don't know what God's speaking to you about today, but He's making a straight path so that you can follow His Word. That's rightly dividing it. In Psalm 119, verse 105, we quote that a little bit around here. Psalm 119, verse 105, the word of God, what is it? It's a lamp to my feet and it's a light to my path. It shows me where I am so that I can see my situation as it really is. Because sometimes if I'm looking at my situation the way it seems, it might seem hopeless. But when I see it as it really is, oh, it's nothing compared to the greater one on the inside of me. It's nothing compared to the promise of God that is mine, that God watches over to his word to perform it for. This is perfect. See, studying God's word is going to produce wisdom and insight into the things of God. And the byproduct of that is it brings peace flooding in your life. So show me a person that's walking in the word and I'll show you a person in great peace. Now they might have all hell breaking loose in their life, but they'll be at great peace. Satan's trying to, he's trying to sink their boat and they're asleep because they know their boat won't sink. Why? Because they've had the word, we're going to the other side. Do you know that boat with that story in the Bible? where Jesus says we're going to go to the other side, that he went to sleep, and all these professional fishermen are freaking out because their boat's filling with water. Do you know that boat couldn't have filled with water? To sink it. it. There's no way that storm could have ever sunk that boat. Why? Because God said we're going to the other side. 
Do you know God said to you, he'll finish the work that he started in you? He says, with long life, I'm going to satisfy you and show you my salvation. What's your part? You just got to abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Right? You have to make that decision. Colossians 3.16, at the beginning of this verse, it says, let or allow the words of Christ to dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Back in Psalm 119, in the 165th verse, it says, Great peace have they, which love thy word. It says, which love thy law, New Testament believer, which loves the word of God. And nothing shall offend them. Ever been offended? Definition of offense is not that somebody did something bad to you, it's that you stopped loving God's word. What? Pastor, come on. It's my fault? Yep. You carnal Christian, you. We all know about that, don't we? Because we've been there, right? Right? The Bible says, Great peace have they which love thy law, thy word, and nothing shall offend them. See, what is the word offense? When you get offended, that Hebrew word is just like the Greek word. It literally means to entrap and trip you up so that you distrust who you should trust. If you love God's word and you walk in the peace of God which flows out of it, you won't get offended. You, I mean, things can happen in your life. People can do you wrong and it just won't matter. Because you're not looking to them. You know they can't stop you. And actually, you'll look at them in great peace and, and want to pray for them. Right? Have you ever, have you ever had somebody do you wrong? And you just, this is what I do all the time. Well, all the time. I don't really have people do me wrong all the time. Hard, to be honest with you, it's hardly ever. In all of our lives, it's hardly ever. We just tend to notice that more, right? You have 50 people that say, oh man, I love you so much. And then you have one person in six months say something bad about you and it's like, oh, my life, <laughs> right? But, it, but if you ever notice when you go to the Lord, the incredible freshness that flows out of your spirit. I say this to the Lord every day. Father, in obedience to your word, I declare to you today that I forgive everyone who's ever wronged me and I harbor no unforgiveness in my heart towards them. And I thank you, Father, that you do not hold anything they've done against me against them. I forgive them. I'm asking you, don't, don't let that that they did your flesh is going, what? Come on. But your spirit's going, yeah. Because you realize, man, I'm going to be a person that just shows mercy because I always want mercy. Right? Because I'm human. And I might lean into my flesh when I don't have to. Hallelujah. I love that. It says, nothing shall offend them. Just a few more verses. Psalm, well, where do we want to go? We go to Psalm 1-1 all the time. Let me close with this. Man, I'm not going to make it to the parable of the sower. Darn it. We'll have to, you just have to come back another time. But I, can't, I don't want to commit to you that I'll make it to the parable of the sower next time we're together. Either, but we'll go exactly where the Lord wants us to go. Yeah. Praise God. Go over to John chapter 14 in verse 21, and we're going to close with these two verses. John 14, verse 21. 
you guys have been doing really good today. And, and, and it, what's really cool is I'm hitting it right. You know, the Lord tells me, you preach until I tell you to stop. I've never missed it by going too short. I've missed it by going too long, right? But, but what's really cool, though, is like when I said, hey, we're going to finish with this, and I know we are. I'm going to read two verses of scripture, and then we're going to close the service. You could just feel a freshness. It's like everybody was doing good, but then they just went, okay. <laughs> My stomach's going to be, we're going to beat the Baptists. We're going to, it's going to be awesome, right? John chapter 14, verse 21, look at this. He that hath my commandments and keeps them. In other words, this word hath in the Greek, it literally means holds. He that holds my words and keeps them, he is it that loves me. So God loves you not by what you say, oh God, I love you. That's not how he knows you love him. He knows you love him by are you holding on to his commandments and keeping them, continuing in them. He is it that loves me, and he that loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. This word manifest means I will uncover myself, I'll reveal myself, I'll make myself visible to him. Now you're thinking, now wait a minute. But why do I have to do this before God will do that? Oh, no, no, no. He already did it first, 2,000 years ago. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. That was his move. And when Jesus said it was finished, everything that needed to be done in your life was finished. So now you have to, you have to draw near to him for him to draw near to you. You have to love him for him to be able to manifest himself to you because otherwise he'd have to violate your will to do it. So here's the thing, and you need to know this as a believer, even though God loves you, he'll still let you go your own way your whole life and miss his plan. Now he'll woo you, he'll constantly be wooing you, but you gotta be careful because you could sear your conscience and then all of a sudden you're not even knowing you're doing anything wrong right? You, you get in a stronghold in your life, you allow that to be built in your mind, and all of a sudden, it, it's, it's like it takes you captive. That's why you want to stay in places where the anointing is flowing, because that anointing breaks that. That's why you want to learn how to worship, because worship takes care of vain imaginations. It brings strongholds down, even when you don't know you might even have them, right? So this is big, and I'll manifest myself to them. Verse 23, Jesus answered and said unto him, if a man love me, he will keep my words. So now notice the Holy Spirit has inspired John to write this. This is, he's saying the same thing in two verses. If a man love me, he will keep my words and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our abode with him. Wow. Isn't that good news? I hope this is encouraging you because there's greatness in every one of you. God has not made anyone sitting here 
that he doesn't have an incredible plan for your life. He wants to take you places that you've never been. He wants to, he wants to fulfill all of the desires that he's placed in your heart. That's everything. And it all starts with you making a decision to literally put the word of God first because that means you're putting God first. And as you do that, he will be able to move you and add all these things to your life. Do not be depressed. Don't have any anxiety or worry about what you don't have because you have everything. You just can't see it. But you'll have everything in your life in this realm that you'll ever desire if you'll put him first. Amen?